0: Buzz,
1: Buffs! Buffs! buzz. Welcome to At The Buzzer, a uh, a Colorado podcast for all of your news and notes. It's a very fun week this week. Colorado's finally back in the tournament, which means we get to talk more about the NCAA tournament. Uh, My second favorite time of year, my first obviously being uh, football kickoff week. We're here with Chase Howell, uh, guest extraordinaire. We just did the math right before recording, and I think he's uh, our most tenured guest. Welcome, Chase.
2: That is so awesome. I am so honored to be <laughs> the most tenured guest. It has been way too long since I've been on. Definitely football yeah. season, probably the start of it. Or well, I'm right Jack,
1: before. and he's Sam. And Sam is trying to big-time you. So uh, mm-hmm. we're glad that I finally got you back on, and Sam, I, I overrode Sam. And here we are, talking about bets, which I love. And I think you love even more than me because I you are now in charge of bets, I think. Is that right?
2: Yeah, so I'm working uh, for DenverSportsBetting.com. We're, we're kind of a startup um, that is basically just trying to build a Denver betting community and a community of making people better bettors. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's – we see it all the, all the time. Like DraftKings, FanDuel, they just – attack you and they're so like predatorial and they're really just trying to get, you know, people to throw their money at them and we're trying to uh, better inform the betters so that they can actually start winning and, and take money from these types of people and, and we're doing that by building a community and we're all over social. We have our website. Um, we're on radio now, one, Mile High Sports Radio oh, yeah. from three to four every single day. So um, we're trying to, we're on pretty much every outlet just trying to help people become better betters.
1: Yep, never a better time. Huh. But again, um, to to look at that stuff, Colorado's pretty new to the gambling system, so anything you can do, I appreciate the knowledge every time I uh, I look at those apps. So we appreciate everything you do, um, and we're excited to talk about I guess the biggest betting event of the year or close to it Yeah. In the, NCAA the Super Bowl.
2: Definitely, obviously, there's more things to bet on with March Madness. Super Bowl I think takes in the most
1: money. Say what you want, though. I, to talk about most things, I just had, I lost a prop bet, I think, on national championship, uh, national anthem length on the Super Bowl this year. So, did you have the over? I think I had the over. I don't remember. Um, all I know is I lost every bet I placed. Um, thank you to Chiefs for not scoring a touchdown. So, but did you have fun? (laughs) I had fun, and frankly, it proved to me that the NFL is stupid and I should only bet on things that I know or like. (laughs) So, we're trying to the college basketball.
2: Super Bowl, you almost just have to set some money aside that you know you're going to lose,
1: but you're going to enjoy enjoy it while it happens. Right. That's the only way to make me watch that game this year. So, anyways, uh, I don't have any need, any motivation to watch these games. And I'm excited that I actually have some things that I like looking at uh, for these upcoming round one games. Um, and i guess chase i want to kick you off just like what you're looking for this year if there's a team you're writing if there's a game you're looking at right away being like you need to put money down on that one um i'm gonna let you kick it off
2: Ooh, okay um so in terms of teams, i mean i've had a lot of difficulty kind of picking a final four because when you're filling out your bracket you got to be you got to use some bracket strategy on it you got to be looking at you know what team's have like the easier first round matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to stumble in the first round because you don't want to be taking a team to the final four if they're going to stumble in the first round or even second round? Um, for some of these teams, so you got to be smart about it. Like, you're trying to take the teams with the easier path. I've had some trouble with that, but in terms of um betting on games, I took a few games right off the open. I knew I was going to be betting against Villanova, I knew I was going to be fading them just because um, Vegas has been dead wrong about them ever since Gillespie went out. Um, I've been raking in the money and I so I knew I was going to be fading them again and they get Winthrop which is a terrible matchup for them I love Winthrop they play really fast and they're just a ton of fun to watch Uh, they only have one loss this year they haven't played anybody Um, but I think they'll be able to handle Villanova fine I think that line opened around six and a half and it has actually stayed there still there get it on the money line around uh, plus 230 or so so I love that one. That was my favorite bet. Uh, there's a couple like unders that I've talked a little bit about. Um, one of them is Oklahoma State Liberty. I, I That line opened at 142 and a half, which I thought was way too high. It's now down to 140 okay. and uh, a half. Liberty plays really slow. They love to play at their own pace. Their coach came from Virginia. He was an assistant uh, under Tony Bennett at Virginia. So they're, they play very similar to Virginia. And we kind of know what that is. Suffocating defense, very boring basketball. Uh, it wins you a lot of basketball games, but um, I think they're going to be able to do that against Oklahoma state. I think they'll be able to slow the game down and what's, what's
3: the over under on Tennessee, Oregon state.
2: Ooh. Okay. We, uh, is that like a hundred.
3: I'd take the, um, I'd take the <laughs> under. <laughs> Let's
2: see. Uh, that is one and a half. half. Yeah. So oh, take the under game. on that. Every time. That. Yeah. Tennessee is such a weird team for me. I mean, we saw them early on, and I was like, oh, this team's going to be yeah. you know, like, a Final Four team, possibly. They'll they'll be competing with the best, and they were a top-ten team at the time. And they just looked so shaky over the last couple
1: months. They benched Viscovi. That dude was, like, the – he was just the secret sauce. I love Italians with, with Flair, and I don't know why they, he, they benched him. I don't think him. he's Italian. Well, I still love Italians <laughs> with Flair. Well, I think
3: he is Italian, it's but your he's mate. not Italian.
1: He's, <laughs> Euro- he's,
3: he's from Uruguay, so he, he is Italian, but – Okay. Well, there we go. It.
1: I don't know. He was awesome. And I guess they benched him. You're right. I, Their offense has just been so stop and start. And Fulkerson is obviously recovering from one of the dirtiest elbows I saw in Champ Weekend. The other one, of course, <laughs> being uh, from Chavez Goodwin in USC. But that, I mean, Florida guy just melted Fulkerson three times with an elbow. And I don't know if he's going to be back. And I mean, that's an engine. That's an engine for Tennessee.
2: Yeah, so I I don't know if you guys I, I like Oregon State in that game. Um, I haven't b- bet it at all yet, but you know when we watched yeah. in the I don't need to explain Oregon State to you guys, and we kind of <laughs> know how shaky uh how shaky Tennessee is. So I think Oregon State makes a lot of sense there. You're getting seven and a half, which I think is a lot. A lot. Uh, imagine Especially Tennessee's more of a game. favorite against Oregon State than CU is against Georgetown. How is that right? <sighs>
1: Oh yeah, I. That's a lot of faith. I guess it's a conference thing too. I maybe they're betting on the SEC strength versus Pac-12. I don't know, but Oregon State to me is the second best 12 seed in this tournament. Maybe the Gauchos up there too. Um, Winter was obviously number one. Adonis Arms, like you mentioned, I love that team. They can shoot, score from anywhere, and they have so they have fun. size. Mm-hmm. They got a guy who's like 300 pounds. I think he's like 6'8", 300 or something nuts. Um, I don't know. That's a great team. I like that pick, too.
3: Any other low seeds like that you're looking at?
1: Yeah. Ohio. Um, I heard Ohio is trendy.
2: Yeah, a lot of people like Ohio. You, you just kind of never know what you're going to get from Virginia. And the other thing about Virginia is they don't get in. They're on quarantine, so they can't, like, practice mm-hmm. until Friday. Um, I don't even think they're getting into Indianapolis until, like, around Friday. Um, so, obviously, they're not going to be used to the – rims used to the hoops which i actually do think makes quite a bit of a difference whereas like cu got there yesterday they're going to be practicing on that gym um all throughout the week yeah all the way until saturdays which makes you get a lot more comfortable there i think that's why ohio makes sense to me but virginia you really never know either virginia can look really good or they can just get absolutely blown out of the gym
3: so are there sweet 16 bets like you can bet on who's making sweet 16 or is it mostly final fours
2: um it depends on the book i haven't seen anything to sweet 16. Uh, some might be able to offer you that though why are you i'm just curious because the uc santa
3: barbara and ohio like either of those teams they could both pretty much pull up pull upsets there Mm -hmm. and one of those teams would then get the sweet 16 if they both pull the upset it'd be very funny
2: yeah, and we've kind of we've seen that happen before. Usually, when a double-digit seed gets to the Sweet Sixteen, they usually play another double-digit
1: around the round of thirty-two, right? Uh, uh, we I, maybe. I remember in twenty nineteen, I think we saw that with UC Irvine and um. Oh, who was the twelve seed there? Oregon they upset Kansas State. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it it was Oregon. Oregon.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, and Oregon was way underseeded, and they made the Elite Eight because they got lucky with uc
2: ha- Irvine pulling up and up to over k-state i believe yeah and it happened to i think loyal to chicago two three three four years ago they played a bunch of double digit seeds on their run
3: oh when they were the 11 yeah that's right and then they played kansas state going into the final four
2: yeah so that that's you know that's smart to be looking out for sweet 16 bets i don't know if there's a book that offers it i haven't seen it yet but i think that's pretty smart it's also kind of the difference between like Bracket strategy and betting strategy where I I was talking about this um, St. Bonaventure LSU, where they both play Michigan. Obviously, whoever wins that will play Michigan. I think both of them have a good chance of beating Michigan, but I don't know who's going to win LSU St. Bon. That game is so Mm -hmm. tight. I think it's a coin flip. So is it smarter to just put Michigan in your sweet Sixteen?
3: Yeah, or like uh, the Illinois thing. I was wondering, because Illinois, is my sec- they're the second-best team, in my opinion. I have them in my championship game in all my brackets. But they have Loyola, Chicago, and Georgia Tech as the 8-9 game, and both of them could cause some issues. Loyola being like a top-10 team via Ken Palm, and Georgia Tech being a potential matchup issue for Illinois.
2: Yeah, I, I think they're both potential matchup issues for Illinois. Uh, I like Illinois as well. I think they're probably... A, a good have a good chance of playing in the championship game but I think that second round game might be the toughest one for them like if Loyola Chicago wins that game you have can't you have Cameron Crutwig to deal with and Kofi Coburn guarding Cameron Crutwig is going to have some trouble because Crutwig likes to play in the high post he's very similar to Jokic um, and he's going to pull him away from the basket which gives you you know a lot more lanes to drive and uh, I think that could cause Illinois a lot of problems but I also think Georgia Tech could cause Illinois a lot of problems too with their ability to turn the ball over. So that, that that's why I think it's weird in bracket strategy that like, it's almost smarter to bet on the eight, nine beating the one there, but picking the one in your bracket. Um, Do you want me to get to a couple more upsets? Uh, yeah, you can absolutely. The other one that I've been, so I wrote a East regional preview on Denver sports betting.com. I broke down every single game, um all the openers and obviously i had a few like upsets in mind when i was writing it but i i dive into the texas abilene christian game yeah and i know a lot of people are, are picking texas and obviously texas is a good team they have a ton of length have three-point shooters those are usually the teams that um i like to take far but when you dive into this game abilene christian it is number one in the nation and making the other team turn the ball over they're like number six in, I think, steal percentage on Ken Palm. Um, so they love to force turnovers. And Texas is Achilles heel. When we've seen them lose a lot of games, they turn the ball over a lot. I think they're they're somewhere in the bottom half in the country um, in turnovers and turnover percentage this year. So that's usually a formula to help a team get an upset. The other thing that helps a team get an upset is three-point shooting, which Abilene Christian also does well. They're top 25 in the country in three-point shooting so you combine forcing turnovers and hitting threes that's my formula usually for an upset in march which is kind of why I'm, I'm starting to lean abilene christian
3: i think texas also their biggest issue when i watch them is that their guards just don't pass to their best players and that if those guards go cold they're going to be so selfish and they're just going to keep chucking shots
1: well, because the I worse mean- they
3: play the more they shoot Someone say
1: that the guard is their best players. I mean, I love. I Matt know, Coleman, I know. And I love no, Matt 49ers. Coleman
3: is their best. Matt Coleman is their best player. I'm just talking about like just the guards in general. Those three: Coleman, Ramey, and Jones. Mm-hmm. They are very selfish, and it bothers me a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, but they're really good against uh, teams that are a little bit smaller in the front court because obviously they have Kai Jones, Jericho Sims, even Greg Brown has a ton of length. Um, but they tend to be really good against the teams with smaller front courts, which is like a Oklahoma state. That's why they're able to dominate that team. Abilene Christian has a seven footer that they start at center. Uh, Colton Cole, I believe is his name. So um, they also have some length behind them, a couple of six, eight guys. So I don't know if they'll, they'll have that ability.
1: Abilene Christian, I believe he- is also eligible for the first time this year. Right. I think they just made the jump to D one like three years ago. Um, so that's crazy you know, the good best, for them. Best NFL
3: player from Abilene Christian, Johnny Knox. Oh. Who's
1: Johnny Knox? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> we can skip ahead. Um, oh, I love Sam. I, I love seeing... Sam's fun facts. That's what I miss about being on this show. Sam just drops <laughs> you something that you're like, "Who's
1: Johnny Knox?"
2: <laughs> he was on the Bears. Um, <laughs>
3: I was looking at like the athletic; they are putting out some uh, like upset probabilities and texas had like a higher chance to lose to abilene christian than cu did to georgetown i think it was like a 30 percent chance texas loses 20 percent chance cu loses
2: wow see so, yeah I, I like that um i'm surprised they're only like a nine texas is like a nine point favorite which is pretty low for um, a 14 for season. a three
1: So, and I I want to take this opportunity because Sam's going to bring it up at some point. Staying in the East region because you just did this deep dive. UNC Greensboro has Sam's favorite player in the country, not on CU, Isaiah Miller. No, Jaime Uh, Haquez. Okay, well, (laughs) yes. They're both in in the the Pac-12. Not in the Pac-12. Kai Jones.
3: Oh my god, wait, hang on a second. (laughs) I love this region so much. Yeah, I have my guys Kai Jones, Book Knight. Jaime Hawkins, Isaiah
2: Miller. Oh, it's great. You gotta okay, love go the ahead. guys on Alabama too, right? Herb Jones. Uh, Herb Jones
1: is awesome. Sorry. I love Herb Jones. Um, and also Fritz Fritz Wagner Wagner on uh, on Michigan. More no, Mo's younger I, brother. I
3: don't,
1: I don't like the Wagners. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, Isaiah <laughs> Miller, UNC Greensboro. That's of note for CU fans because. That's the matchup next to theirs, um, Florida State versus Greensboro. Is there any chance there? I know G- UNCG is obviously smaller, but who isn't? And um, I guess, I don't know. I like Isaiah Miller a lot. I don't know if he can carry them through Florida State. I think that's an interesting matchup to look at, though.
2: Well, yeah, and, you know, I've been trying to find some people that are picking Greensboro, and I really, I really couldn't find anybody. I was looking out for mm-hmm. um, some analysts or something to give me but yeah uh you talk about guard play and and this is kind of your case for CU when beating Georgetown is they're going up against a freshman point guard you have a senior point guard in McKinley Wright and uh, guard play in March is obviously really important and in in this game it's pretty similar you got Isaiah Miller um the senior obviously very experienced uh point guard and then with Florida State they're a pretty experienced team but to me, when I watch that team, it's like Scotty Barnes is their point guard, right? Yeah. Like he comes off the bench, but he still seems to be the point guard for most mm-hmm. of the game. Obviously a freshman. So um, I think when you kind of, if you really value experience, I couldn't find anything like statistically that would, oh, that I mean have. Anything, but I think 11 and a half is a, is a very big number. Come so on.
3: Florida State, Florida State has one of the highest turnover rates in the country. They're at 20% turnover rate. So they turn over a fifth of their possessions they shoot a ton of threes, they usually make a ton of threes, but there's a good chance that they could be turnover prone, miss some threes. And UNC Greensboro, with Isaiah Miller averaging like three and a half steals a game, they get a lot in a lot of turnovers.
2: So maybe so, that could be something. Yeah, we're we're back to the, the whole turnover argument. And I think that's kind of how, how you end up pulling off an upset in March.
1: The other thing I love about UNC Greensboro is I think Wes Miller is one of the best coaches in the country, especially for how long he's been there. It's crazy that no one has hired him. Um, and I I, I think they performed well in March previously, so it's not like they're new. Um, i don't know i really like that team it's a shame that they in my opinion got the best number four seed to go up against maybe oklahoma state is an argument but i don't know that that's a fun one to look at i also agree that that spread is huge especially for a first game um i don't i can't imagine them covering 12
2: yeah i i, I like
1: uh, especially as you guys keep talking about it i, I like the plus 11 and a half Um, So I guess looking through the bracket as a whole, are there any favorites you like? And I always like to bet the underdog side just because it's more fun for me. But is there anything you look at with a a favorite being undervalued? And why is it Colorado? (laughs) (laughs) Mm,
2: Exactly. Um, I I think we know why it's Colorado. At least I don't have to explain it there. Uh, The one I I do really like, and I'll be taking a lot of underdogs. It's just more fun to take underdogs in the first round. As we go on throughout the tournament, they'll definitely be um a lot of spots to take yeah you don't want favorite. to be
3: rooting against rj hunter to make to miss that shot <laughs> right, right,
2: just because right. your bets on the line um the one i i that jumped out to me was uh san diego state syracuse san diego state's like minus three what i know there, i know there's syracuse zone is some team. good basketball
1: yeah They're great i know
2: zone. I, exactly that, you know jack just made my point for me but um <laughs> Yeah, Syracuse is playing good basketball. They obviously went on a little mini run in the ACC. Bef- did they have a COVID problem or something? that happened. Well, B-
1: Buddy bayheim had COVID, I think, in the middle of the year. So he was shut down, as did Jim, obviously, same house. But um, I don't know past that if they shut down a full team.
3: Other than yeah. Okay, if my dad was also my basketball coach, I wouldn't live with him.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't think they actually live together. I would just say that Buddy <laughs> lives with people his age and not people who are 80 years old. But – yeah, Jim should probably live in a retirement home, too. <laughs>
2: um, so, yeah, San Diego State as a three-point favorite. I think they can end up crushing Syracuse, like you guys said, the third zone-beating team. Um, Buddy Bam would have to drop, like, 20-30 to make that game close. I think. Um, yeah. What's the
3: over-under clemson Rutgers? Do you know? I could probably look it up, too. It's got to be super low.
1: That's a defensive team. For Clemson? clemson Rutgers, yeah. Um, that first-round matchup. Let's see, let's see. Oh! It's 126. That's so funny. Yeah. So by the way, that's another team I really like too, and to go past their first game if they win. I think if Clemson wins against um, Rutgers to your Sweet Sixteen point, Sam. I don't know. Houston is not impressed me really as a two seed, um, and I think Clemson is can do enough there to maybe get some value if they win that. Well, first
3: then game. them being in the same region as West Virginia would go to your West Virginia
2: Final Four pick. Because that could really help you. Deuce
1: McBride. Got to love him.
2: Yeah, and if Clemson ends up beating Rutgers, I mean, I would love the under in that Houston-Clemson game. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be 55-50 or something. So, uh, yeah, go for it, soon.
3: Why? Why is Colorado being so undervalued right now? I have my own thoughts, but I want to hear yours.
2: Well, especially on the betting market, Um, it's a lot of public opinion and public opinion right now, especially with the media narrative of Patrick Ewing and just like how cool it was that he was able to win in at Madison square garden, all that stuff with everything that they've been through. They are the media darling and public opinion just loves Georgetown. So um, I, I think that's the biggest reason for me. I
1: found a, I found a fun chart here that I I've been referencing a few times as I'm looking at games um, and someone on the college basketball subreddit, Faded Crown ninety five is his name. I don't know if that helps you at all, but he did it. They did a, a chart of the win probability as put out by like ESPN BPI versus the to the pick percentage of those games. And of the first round games, the team that has the least value with pick pick percentage over BPI win probability is Georgetown. So to me, that speaks to your point that. People really want Georgetown to win a champion, a tournament game, I think, and that's that's as far as they're looking. Um, and they also coming in really hot. The thing that I keep coming back to, and I honestly forgot uh, after Saturday, is CU is also really hot. They've won right. six of the last seven, so mm-hmm. it's not like CU's like stumbling into the the, the tournament here. They lost the championship game in which everything went wrong, but I don't. And think... They still just barely lost. Yeah, exactly. So. I think public betting is def public money is definitely on the Georgetown side. Um, I don't know. Is is would you bet on CU minus five comfortably, or is it the easier bet on the the point totals here?
2: Um, you know, I I'm not one to really ever bet on CU, um, especially <laughs> on a side. I'll, I'll take the total or whatever. I just feel like whenever I bet on them, I'm usually jinxing them or whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty super. Oh no, they'll jinx themselves. Them. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm pretty superstitious about that but yeah five points just seems low and uh I, I feel like the narrative around CU would be completely different if they pull that game out against Oregon State
1: well th- at that point if you packed 12 championships haven't lost since I think the end of January um and they have beaten everyone in front of them so I, I don't know I agree and also that Oregon State game yeah to have props to Oregon State because they hit some nuts of shots too so I think that might be a good undervalued play, especially, and I don't like live betting too much, but if Georgetown starts like 9-2 or something, I still mm. like Colorado in that game, but that might be a good spot to get put money on Colorado if they end up being an underdog after the first five minutes.
2: I love that, yeah. The, the, really, the only time I do bet on CU is usually live. Um. So we only have a few minutes
3: left, so I want to hear your final four and your national champion, and then one
2: team. Who's gonna go on a surprise run? Mm. Ooh, okay. Um, so, final four. I'm looking at it now. I mean, it it has changed every <laughs> every hour, basically. Gonzaga and Illinois. I think most people. What Jack has West Virginia. Is that right?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, Gonzaga, Illinois, and then I I, I got Arkansas two. right now. Um, I've talked okay. myself into Ooh. Arkansas out of must bus. Out of the South, yeah, I'm all over the must That's a fun team to watch. They love to run. Uh, they have size. And sometimes they can play really good defense. It's not every time. But sometimes they can play good defense. And I think, think they're top 15. That, um, I know some people like Texas Tech to end up beating Arkansas, but I really don't like their round one matchup. I yeah. think they're going to have some serious problems with Kata. Uh, so I got Arkansas out of there. And then right now out of the East, I mean, my first one had CU, but uh, right now I have Alabama. coming out of the east i have the exact Uh, same and then our uh, gonzaga illinois in the championship that's just to be chalky to kind of save myself uh as a team that could make a run right now i kind of like like do you want a really high seed uh it doesn't matter i have ucla
3: as my team oh okay if it's not cu but that's hot takey because ucla's kind of sucked ass lately
2: (laughs) Yeah, and all your favorite players on
3: UCLA. <laughs> Jack has a fair player in UCLA, and I have a fair yeah, player in UCLA. Yeah, but Tiger
1: Campbell is actually awesome. That's just, just, the
2: difference. Jaime Hawkins is great, too. Yeah, that's true.
1: I love both of them on CU.
2: I mean, that matchup against BYU would kind of worry me. Harms hasn't been great this year, but they do not have a guy that's within like seven inches of Matt.
1: What? Who cares? Jalen no, Jalen base. Hills should be coming back, I think. Maybe he's not. Oh, is he? If he is,
3: I think that's coming back. Oh, if it's Mac Etienne, then no, they're not winning that game. That guy's going to get bodied. Yes.
1: So is is UCLA Um, yours, Sam? Is that what you're saying?
3: Maybe. Well, it's like UConn, kind of. UConn, UCLA. I wouldn't mind.
1: Uh, Wow, East region only, huh?
3: Yeah. Well, I I, I want that to be the chaos bracket because that'll help CU. Because I have my CU Final Four route. It requires UCLA and UConn to play each other in the other Sweet 16. And then C okay. plays the winner. and UC So wins
1: them. you can go all the way up to 11, Chase. Is that what we're learning? Or even 12. Okay. Um,
2: I kind of like St. Bonaventure. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people, first of all, they they underrate the A-10, which I think is one of the best conferences. In, it's a, it's cl- up there with the biggies. Okay. It's the best mid-major by far. Um, that conference was loaded all year long. And St. Bonaventure won it in the regular season, and then they made them like the third betting favorite uh, during the A-10 tournament, which was ridiculous. They end up winning the A-10 tournament as well. They play really good defense, have some scores, very experienced team, and I kind of like their path. Um, Of course, they would play Colorado or uh, Florida State or Georgetown or Greensboro in the Elite Eight, but I think that would be their toughest game. Michigan, obviously, is a tough game, but um, I don't trust Michigan without... uh, isaiah livers so i'm going with st bonaventure as a ninth seed i i also think like a team like loyola chicago could do it as well i'm um, trying to see if there's anybody else here winthrop as well i mean i got winthrop to the sweet 16 i don't think they're that's a bailer baylor though oh
3: that's nice no, I, purdue, uh, I, I wouldn't i could see them losing to purdue
2: yeah for sure Purdue is a, a pretty
3: good team. What about um, North Carolina over Baylor and then with up in the Elite? Baylor's
1: a different team now.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Well, the one yeah. thing that Baylor struggle, struggles with so tends to be size, and North Carolina has a ton of it.
1: And Plus, I think North Carolina, Caleb Love has finally figured himself out near the end here, and he got hurt in the ACC tournament. But um, I love Caleb Love. And, I, I mean, Garrison <laughs> Brooks is awesome. So, I don't know. Big North Carolina fan. Yeah, Tough you draw. Would, you would obviously have to
2: make a lot of shots to beat Baylor, so you you would need Caleb Love to play really well. But at least I think they would dominate the glass, at least.
1: Yeah, honestly, as a six seed, I think USC is a really favorable draw if they can. They're just uh, so soft. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah, UCLA the problem, fan
2: yeah. had, had some had some words when you dropped to the USC there.
1: <laughs> i mean it, I it, so the problem much. is if they had any if they had mick cronin and not in the anfield huge fan but anyways that's my but, pick
2: i no, think but that, y- you're right if i can get it in real fast kansas the mccormick and wilson might not be playing so yeah i uh, that's gonna help out usc a
1: ton. well yeah, chase no, thanks for your time denversportsbank.com we're following you during the tournament we appreciate you coming back and hopefully every round we can just make picks that would be fun for me so of course yeah
2: i right. All right, yeah, thank you whenever. Chase. I enjoy it. I'll be the most uh most guest. <laughs> Just trying
1: to run up that number. For a guest.
2: Yeah. I Have me on next week. Have me on every other day. I'm on, <laughs> All right.
1: We'll we'll try to get there. Thanks. <laughs>
2: okay.
3: Well, now that Chase is gone, we could do our real fun, which is talk about betting on finding the right apparel for your school. <laughs> is we fun. have We have a brand new CU Buffs line at homefieldapparel.com. If you use promo code Ralphie, all caps, you would get fifteen percent off. It's really good stuff. How do you feel?
1: Uh, I feel better when I'm wearing it, Sam. I guess I'll say that it it make it warms you from the outside, but also also makes you feel good uh, from the inside because you're wearing stuff that just that shows off your school. I don't know. My favorite is obviously the the retro Ralphie, who the, the guy running with the ball. Number one, EB big fan of that shirt yeah is that eric behind i mean i'm not gonna say i thought it's it not. was i'm not gonna um, say it's not
3: what what is the over under on how many days a week do you do you wear your home field is it six six point
1: five let's see if i'm going a typical week yeah especially hmm probably if i'm wearing clothes i'm probably wearing home field um so oh, i all and seven half.
3: you're okay so you're going <laughs> over the six and a half would, or do you have one day where
1: you wear nothing? I would, I would go under six, six. I would say okay, six.
3: So Sunday's a nice time for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sabbath includes no clothes, obviously. Sam, what about you? Uh, no, I'm going over. I wear it every day.
3: Nice. I've got that sweater. I keep it on. I shower with it, even. It's not waterproof, but I keep it on. It's great. It's good quality.
1: We've been told to call it a crew, actually, uh, not in fact a sweater. Oh, so but either sorry. way, it's, it's extremely comfortable. Yeah, Um, well, I have a great time with it. Yeah, I mean, the designs, they look great. They obviously feel great. Um, They're true to size, which is cool. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's nice that I feel really good about clothes that CU is making me wear. So, yes, amazing. Home field apparel, promo code Ralphie. And now I
3: am going to be leaving the show. But, Jack, you have a very important discussion. With some guys who do enjoy betting.
1: Well, yeah. So this is a betting-centric show. Sam was a good sport in the first half. In the second half, our furious leader John, um, who's very jealous because I believe his Oklahoma Sooners are still not on home field, um, joins us to uh, talk to Johnny Avello. Great guest. He was he's the head of sports books over at DraftKings. Obviously, one of the biggest organizations. Huge source of knowledge. Um, and we talked to him about all things gambling, what to look for in any game in March Madness. Um, it, what, you know, when you're betting on neutral court basketball, weird things happen. So here is John, me, and Johnny Avello. We're joined by uh, a great guest, a timely guest, now that the NCAA tournament lines are set and seeds are set. We have Johnny Avello from DraftKings, who's the, the head of sportsbooks over there. Welcome, Johnny. Hi guys uh thanks for having me on good to be with you well yeah i thank god you, you called when you did me we, we got to talk because uh, i certainly have plenty of questions i'd love for you to answer um let's, but i'm sure it. yeah i'm sure you're really busy this week we appreciate the time um and i'm, I'm just gonna jump right in on colorado um we were, we were talking a little bit at the front and as we know see you had a great year this year uh, but they're playing a team of destiny, Georgetown, that, that wouldn't have been in the tournament if not a, for a crazy run in the Big East tournament uh, where, where Patrick Ewing won four games in four days at his old house, Madison Square Garden. Um, just looking at those two teams right off the bat, both teams are pretty hot. Um, C was won six of seven. Georgetown hasn't lost, obviously, in the last few weeks. Is that something you're looking at heavily when you're looking at these lines, um, specifically just for this game? Or is that something that – kind of cools off as, as teams move to Indianapolis.
0: Well, in the two teams uh, certainly are different on how they get here. Uh, mm-hmm. Colorado, you know, we mentioned 22 and eight. Uh, and the strength of Colorado this year was home. I think they're 11 and one at home, mm-hmm. they did struggle on the road a little bit at six and six, but the teams they played, you know, they beat UCLA, Arizona state, Cal, USC down the road, They, you know, at the, towards the end of the season. So they were on a good run, lost the conference turn in the conference tournament, but still worthy to get there. The Georgetown team, uh, you know, what made them? I think the attorney just take a look. Probably had to take a look at them. Probably wouldn't have got in. But what they had to take a look at is the way they were beating these teams. They're beating these teams by 30 points. Their defense was really solid here at the end of the year. And I think that's what uh, Colorado has to contend with in this particular game. Um, We open this game up five, Colorado to favorite. We're down to four. So the so-called, you know, wise guys who bet these games early have taken the dog in this game thinking that – I think they're thinking that Georgetown will play that same type of game, try to shut down Colorado – uh, with the defense they've been playing, but um, both teams are worthy to get here because of the way they played at the end of the year. Um, but you know, Georgetown, I don't believe gets in if unless they win that final game.
4: And you you talked about the um, obviously Georgetown had a had a great run through the Big East tournament, and we've seen in the past when teams have been able to carry that momentum uh UConn during their great run Syracuse has done it too. carry that momentum from winning the big East tournament into the NCAA tournament how much does the uh the public action after seeing Georgetown seeing that run and seeing momentum how much does the uh the public action factor into that that line into where the number falls or does it not really at all
0: well it does you know the public knows Georgetown for a long time in many years Uh, You know, knowing that Georgetown has a history of being in this tournament uh, and playing well in it at times. Colorado does not have that history. So uh, Colorado might be a new face for for uh, customers who are betting the NCAA tournament and for the first time in some states. So uh, I think that's what Georgetown has going for them as far as, uh, you know, public perception. Um, That doesn't always work out. Um, You know, the games will, I think the game will be close and uh, things happen at the end of basketball games that change why teams cover and why they don't cover. Could be free throws, could be a couple turnovers, but I think this game will be close early and for, for the most part, most of the game.
1: You know, you mentioned Georgetown's defense, especially down the stretch. I think the over/under with the, at this game was was one thirty-eight and maybe one thirty-seven. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That number, okay. Does that number feel right to you? That has both teams scoring, you know, high sixties or around that area in the sixties. Is that does that sound right? Looking at how these teams are playing defensively right now.
0: Yeah, we actually opened it up one thirty-nine. We were a bit okay. down to one thirty-eight. Um, I think, uh, you know, it could get bent back up a tick by the players who don't like to bet under in college basketball games. <laughs> but the way the way to look at this game is I think it's an under game uh, because, you know, that's how George, that's what Georgetown needs to do to win this game. OK, is, you know, to clamp down on the defense. And if this game gets carried away and it's a, uh, you know, one of those games where it turns into a shoot fest, I don't I think Colorado's probably the right side. And Colorado,
4: going against the Georgetown defense, Colorado has a standout senior point guard who, who may not have a lot of NCAA tournament experience, but he's played in plenty of, of big games. Of course, we're talking about McKinley Wright. From a betting uh, betting perspective, how much of an impact does that make on uh, on their chances, not only in Saturday against a Georgetown team who hasn't been to the tournament either, but but moving on past that, how much of an impact can that experienced senior point guard make?
0: Makes a big difference, but there's going to have to be other guys that step up. Mm-hmm. One guy cannot, uh, you know, be the lone scorer, the lone star for a team to win. There has to be somebody on that team who's going to uh, shine where he maybe had some good games during the season, but he's going to have to step up and have, you know, multiple good games for that team to Because when you look at who those guys are playing next, I mean, it gets pretty tough. You know, you play most likely you meet Florida state the next game. That's a good team. Um, that's an athletic team. So, you know, you just, you don't do it with one guy. One guy can get you by one game, possibly two, but it's team effort to, to go far into the NCAA tournament.
1: You know, it's also so strange. This is the first year where all the regions are played in the same state and same city in Indianapolis Um one thing I noticed is, is CU's playing Georgetown at uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is where Butler plays down in Indianapolis. So Butler being in the Big East means that Georgetown has played there every year uh, since Butler joined. Is court familiarity in general something at the NCAA tournament that, that you look at to, to bet aside? Is, is someone knowing that court or being able to shoot in that court something that you look at going going into a game, or is that something that doesn't matter?
0: I've always looked at it in the past because, you know, there were the regions were split up in different parts of the country, you know, and some of the high seeds would stay in, you know, their region and others would get shipped out. Uh, And so they didn't always play on their home court, but some had close proximity and close proximity certainly means some sort of home court advantage. Now, all the games now take place in in Indianapolis. Right. Uh, So or at least you know, boundaries within Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this tournament benefits, I know it benefits Purdue, right? Because I think <laughs> they're, gonna, they're actually going to get a home court game. Uh, and it benefits the Big East, uh, The you know, the, the I mean, it, sorry, it benefits the Big Ten. The Big Ten has a lot of teams that have played in, you know, in this area and less travel for these guys, uh, whereas others are going to have to travel. So, Even though no one besides Purdue actually gets home court, um, as a conference, I think it favors them. Now, you mentioned Georgetown playing here in the past. Yeah, I guess, you know, some of the players haven't. The team has, but some of the players haven't. So I guess there might be a little bit of familiarity with the court, yes.
4: You you made me, when you mentioned the the Indianapolis aspect and and the bubble quote-unquote aspect that we're going to see in this tournament – have there been Has there been anything that you guys have taken into account when, when making the lines for this tournament that's different this year? Because there aren't the regions, um, because everyone's in the same place, because teams are um, obviously a little bit more sequestered than they would be in a typical tournament. Has any of that factored into how you've built these lines uh, to, to start the tournament?
0: Well, the first thing is the, uh, the, the home court stuff. You know, during the course of this tournament, normally there's – a point or two given to a team with the close proximity so that's not there so that's one of the changes we had to make another another difference this year is that these teams have not played a full schedule so i'm not sure that they're all tournament ready uh they're as ready as i guess they can be played on the limited <laughs> amount of games they played but normally teams are really sharp and honed in at this point i'm not sure any team in this tournament is So that's a big change for me as an odds maker, knowing that uh, there's some teams that can jump up here. And uh, I think what I'm trying to say is I think the underdogs are quite alive here. I think there's, you know, you're going to see a lot of good underdog play.
1: Now, just going off of that really quick, Colorado has been one of the few fortunate to play, I think every scheduled game this year, including some extra tournament games in the conference tournament. Um, looking at teams like that, or like Kansas, I think you also did the same thing. Does that affect how you look at these teams at all? Given that they've had, they've been able to go through cold stretches and hot streaks already, or um, like you said, are you still giving credence to the underdogs who might still have some surprises left because they haven't played a full schedule?
0: I have looked at you know uh, they haven't played a full schedule, and that's true. And we just spoke about that. I have mm-hmm. looked at, at teams play on the road, though. Okay. Uh, some teams have struggled on the road now. In Colorado's case, it was six and six on the road. Not bad, but not great. Uh, but there are some teams in this tournament that have played really well on the road, like Baylor's. But of course, they don't have many losses anyway, right? And we know Gonzaga's <laughs> played well on the road because they have no they have no losses. So, yeah, some teams have just played have played well on the road. And when we're making our, our numbers, we certainly put that into consideration.
4: So the the Buffaloes this year landed in that the dreaded. Five twelve 12 matchup spot um, obviously folks that have been building their brackets have been aware of, of how often 12 seeds have have done those upsets but we obviously probably have a lot of new gamblers gamblers as it's been legalized across the country so obviously a lot of underdogs have won outright in that spot when that when that 12 seed doesn't win do they typically cover or when you have the the five seed defeat the 12 seed is it typically um are they actually covering and it's not within the within the spread
0: well since they won the game as a dog they covered so (laughs) you know for the five seed though for the five seed
4: yeah when they win are they covering too
0: yeah when the five seed, uh, i would say it's probably split i really haven't looked back at that through the years but Mm -hmm. i'd say it's probably you know close to a split um you know they win half the time and you know, cover and don't cover half the time. So, um, yeah, I really haven't looked back at that stat to be able to give you the, uh, you know, exact performance.
4: And is, is there any when you look and um, at the end of the season prior when you're heading into the tournament? I know I've seen um, in referencing Vegas and some of the sports books kind of make their own top twenty-five. And we saw the we saw the uh, overall tournament seeds come out yesterday that ranked all the teams that were in the tournament and some of the ones that weren't. Do you, do you guys, when you're creating your spreads for the tournament, do you, uh, do you do your own version of that? Do you pay attention to the, this, the seeds and the overall rankings, or do you kind of build your own and then build the lines off of your own, um, your own analytics and, and rankings?
0: Well, everything's based on power rating. So each team has a power rating, regardless of what the, you know, the polls are. Uh, you know, there's times, whether it's basketball or football, where a team that's ranked fifth could have a higher rating than a team that's ranked first could mm-hmm. happen. Um, you know, case in point is usually like Ohio State football team. Sometimes they'd be ranked fourth or fifth, and they're actually the best team in the, in the nation. That's happened in the past. And that happens in basketball here, too. Uh, but so for the most part, it's close, uh, but we don't always follow. I have to look at where everybody's ranked. Uh, I look at it because that's public perception on how good they think a team is. So I use that, but that's not forming the lines for us. Okay,
1: thanks. Uh, I guess I'm curious if there's a, a general profile of a team or specifically maybe an underdog in the tournament that, that you've seen have success that, that maybe you use to, to build a line on uh, towards Towards them, I guess my question would be, is, is there a, is there a type of team in the NCAA tournament as maybe a mid-major or an underdog in another way that you've seen have consistent success above their seed line or playing above their level?
0: Boy, I tell you, there's a couple of teams in here that really had remarkable years. I mean, mm-hmm. Alabama's ranked two. This team is uh, not a real good first half team, but certainly making <laughs> adjustments in the second half. Uh, so, you know, they're, they've had a, just a great year and deserved the number two ranking. Uh, BYU, uh, you know, they gave Gonzaga quite a game there in the final. They're actually winning end up losing by 10. Uh, so that's a team that, you know, they get, a, they get a six ranking. I think there's a lot to be said for a lot of teams. But when you look, you know, when you look at the – we can talk about the Pac-12 where Colorado comes out of. A lot of teams didn't play well down the stretch. And that's why there's not a lot of good rankings there. I mean mm-hmm. USC got a six and Oregon got a seven, uh, you know. So I think some of and look at UCLA. They're actually in a play-in game in the eleven. So that conference could have done better. Uh, maybe some higher seeds. It's just maybe the the poor the lack of play, good play down the stretch. I think hurt the conference.
1: So, looking at Alabama and BYU, they, they have a commonality I think where they both can shoot quickly and get hot quickly. Um, is that something you you weight pretty heavily when you're looking at a team that can that can maybe advance pretty far, or maybe you can they can easily cover their their seed line or their the line of the game?
0: Uh, we 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 base it game up by game, you okay. know, but then we'll look at the next matchup. Uh, That type of play doesn't always work. Uh, It works against certain teams, but not necessarily in your next matchup. So we'll look at each matchup individually and make the adjustments we need to make as far as the spread's concerned.
4: So heading into this tournament, especially because we didn't have the tournament last year, you've got a lot of a lot of Americans who are able to um, gamble legally in their home states now, and they, they previously weren't able to unless they were one of the lucky few who got out to Las Vegas um, for that first round. And it, it seems like betters are just being bombarded with information and content and picks and, and, and angles. And how, how do you advise uh, uh, Joe Public Gambler to kind of wade through all that information and really find find the angles and the and the data that minds that, that matters to them? Or do you almost say at some point you're just gonna drown in that anyways and you still kind of go with what your gut is? How do you how do you recommend that folks that might be new to this um, find their find their best way for them to pick their winners?
0: Well it all starts with the selection show, doesn't it? And you know in a selection <laughs> show usually the guys say, well this is my. This is the first biggest upset of the of the tournament. You know this team's going to knock off this team. Well, you you absorb that. You listen to that, uh, and if that influences you to make a pick, that shouldn't. Uh, that's good, and you should listen to why they think that's going to happen, and then you'll go on. You know, on the internet, and you'll you'll see some other guys doing the same thing. So what I would say, my suggestion is, that information is great, and so now you know that. So now go and do your own research and see why those guys are thinking that way. Because once you break down some teams, you may look at a team's offense, you may look at their defense and you may look at their turnovers and you may look at free throw shooting and scoring percentage. And after reading all that in a matchup or look at strength of schedule, who some teams have played when they've played against you know, better teams, they don't shoot as well. When they play against weaker teams, they shoot really well. Uh, That may change your mind on any of those factors may change your mind on what your selection is going to be, or it may uh, just, you know, further enhance what you heard. So I would say to listen, but don't let that be the final judgment on your selection.
4: Great. Thank you.
1: Um, I, you know, this year was a great year for the big 10 conference. They had two number one seeds in the tournament. They had two number two seeds as well. Are you looking, are you noticing if, if they're being overvalued at all by the public, given that they've, they've been so visible and they've been able to beat each other up for, for the last three months and order to get to the spot or, or are they actually pretty properly rated and properly bet at, I guess at, at that level?
0: No, I think they deserve, you know, and they deserve to be the conference that would win it. Uh, You know, if you look at who would be the top conference, it would be them Mm -hmm. because of all the reasons you said and some of the, you know, top seedings they do have. What will happen is and this has happened in the past, many, many NCAA tournaments as the tournament starts and the Big Ten continues to do well, uh, they will continue to get bet through the tournament. Um, You know, uh, we'll be lopsided on those games. If they don't do as well and there's some upsets of those teams, they'll be bet against. And that'll happen not only for the Big Ten but other conferences because the betters like, they have this feeling that maybe a conference that's doing well in a tournament, maybe they are tournament ready. Uh, You know, they've put themselves in a good spot to win games in this tournament, and since they're hot, I'm going to go with this conference until things go bad. And so we'll notice that right away, uh, you know, from the beginning of the tournament, if there's certain conferences that are winning and if players are riding those conferences.
4: Interesting. I've never, never thought about that. Um, Another, another unique factor we have this, this year with, um, with the pandemic and the possibility, although hopefully it doesn't happen, the possibility of a team, Um, having to withdraw from the tournament because of a positive in advance. And there are the teams that didn't make it are on standby in case that does happen. Uh, Do you and your team, are you having to almost prepare for that circumstance with some of the top teams like a Louisville that could could be uh, potentially getting a, a late trip to the tournament because someone else had to bow out? Are you guys having to prep on some of those teams that didn't make the cut, but could end up being
0: a replacement team? Yeah. Yeah. We're real familiar with those four. I mean, Colorado state is one of those teams. Uh, I think Ole miss is one and uh, Louisville and trying to remember who the fourth one is, but St.
1: Louis is, I think the last one.
0: So we're pretty familiar with the teams. We're ready to plug them in if needed. And I noticed what the NCAA did was these teams are matched up in the NIT, but they're matched up in the NIT on Thursday and Friday. So, if they're ready to, you know, if something happens and they have to be plugged in, obviously they're going to go to this tournament before they go to the NIT. (laughs) So, um, so, uh, yeah, we're prepared if that, if that's going to happen. Now, remember that does have to happen in round one in round, any round after round one, I think if a team gets COVID, it's, you know, it's going to be a loss and the other team's going to move on. Unfortunately, that's a, you know, not a great way to do it, but there is no other way to do it. Um, but, you know, we mentioned that Colorado State team. Um, I thought that team had a pretty good season this year. Maybe could have got in at, a, at an at-large bid, but, you know, it didn't happen. Um, so – but they are one of those replacement teams, and we'll see uh, if, you know, if, they, if they're if they going to be called on. I think they're second to be called on. I think Louisville's first.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think Louisville is the first replacement team. Is Their official designation – um but hopefully everyone stays healthy throughout the tournament i hope um, so you know I, I was looking this year also at, it's unique because i think it's almost a like gonzaga versus the field situation in terms of how much attention and money is being placed on on gonzaga as the national champion um i was looking and, and gonzaga just has a huge uh, proportion of the the national championship winner bets and obviously uh they have the best odds by far um when it's that sort of situation where it's obvious that one team is is the clear favorite, uh, I guess uh, how do you hedge against that um, to make the rest of the field a, a competitive argument um, for people to place their bets on?
0: Yeah, you know Gonzaga did take a lot of money this year, um, and, and they were never that high in the future book. I mean, mm-hmm. the highest you you know going back, maybe they were maybe they were seven or eight early. But, you know, now they're sitting at nine to five to win a tournament, undefeated at 26 and 0. And that is absolutely a turnoff for anybody who wants to bet them to win the tournament. You just cannot bet them at nine to five right now. Uh, you know, you think about it, you have to win six games. I think you're much better off betting them on a money line each and every game just rolling the money over. I think you'll do better than nine to five. Uh <laughs> But there's some others out there. that There's still some good value out there in the future book, um, and you know that's where I would advise people to look. You can still get teams like Houston, you know Houston's. You asked me about one of these teams who were uh, you know played over expectations. Houston's one of those teams. You know they got a two seed, and even though Gonzaga's a one seed at nine to five, you can get a Houston Cougar team at eighteen to one, uh, and so. There is some still value. Now, that doesn't mean that Houston's going to win the tournament, but anything could happen. We know that. Um, But the value's more in looking a little bit deeper into the pool uh, because the value at Gonzaga is is gone, and it's been gone now for quite some time.
4: Speaking of Gonzaga, and you mentioned that game against uh, BYU uh, earlier where they were down at the half and then had a big swing. Um, That was one of the games where I jumped on Gonzaga live when they were down big, and obviously they were able to, were able to come out on top on that one with uh, with the ability to in game uh, wager uh, through DraftKings uh, during the game. How how do you recommend users navigate so many games on so many swings and changes in, of momentum? Where do you think real opportunities lie? To okay. Um, uh, Alabama had a slow first half, but I have a good feeling they're going to have a, a strong second half. Where does that opportunity lie, and where do you recommend people maybe hold hold back and wait before they placing an in game wager?
0: Well, you know it's it's hard in the first round because there's so many games going, but there are you know four at a time going, but it's all day long, and so if you're going to really concentrate on a tournament, you've got to kind of just keep your mind on a tournament and put everything else aside. And that includes work too. <laughs> so, so you're right; there are some opportunities out there. If a team is a 20-point favorite, and the and the underdog uh, starts off the game with a 10-2 run, uh, that team now all of a sudden becomes a 10-10 and a half point favorite instead of a 20-point favorite. Uh, so those are those are the opportunities you need to look for, um, and it's just a lot of perusing. Uh, and you know, just keeping your mind and, and actually clicking fast too. If you mm. wait too long, if you see a good value and you wait too long, you'll lose it because in-game wagering is very fast, but, uh, in-game is a place where money can be made. It's about, uh, you know, looking for the value and kind of using your intuition to know, know a team and know how they play and know they're slow starters and, and, uh, and know that they, uh, are no strangers to comebacks.
4: Great. Thank you.
1: One thing I've heard mentioned often with the tournament um, is, is the effect of st- stadium shooting when, especially in the national championship, at least in prior years, where, you know, if you're playing in a large empty stadium, sometimes there's, there's a perception at least that that can affect the shooters and make it for a, make a lower scoring game than it would be in a normal basketball arena. Um, I, is that something that you actually see bear out, uh, in like the over under turtles? Is that something that you keep in mind as you set those over unders or is that something
0: that's mainly just a, a public myth that we don't need to worry about? <laughs> no, I do. Um, okay. and, and you know, you get a good gauge from the, it's the final four. So you get it, you get to look at a couple of games before the championship game, or you actually get to see one game before the second game of the final four. Right. So, um, I have I have made uh, some pretty strong adjustments based on that scenario you just mentioned because there are times where the the uh, the actual people watching a game are so far away, mm-hmm. and sometimes that has affected the the shooters and the rim. Uh, I know times when you can hear the clank, and it just sounds like it's uh, it's a different environment for the players too. Now remember players have been playing playing without fans now this whole year so uh you know the having the the fans away from the court probably not going to be as dramatic as it has been in the past but I certainly do keep an eye on those those huge stadiums uh where the fans were at least in the past I've kept a real close eye on it
1: yeah, I wonder if this year, just because, like you mentioned, they they're everyone's now so used to playing in silent arenas and, and empty stands, empty bleachers, if that if that ends up actually helping them in those when they get to the big arenas and there's all that space for them to, I guess, hear the clank <laughs> as they miss a shot. If, if it doesn't matter as much this year, I don't know.
0: It, 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 it may not as far as fans are concerned, but that perception of the shot, you know, mm-hmm. where you're used to having the – the rim here and right behind that fans now the fans are, you know, hundred to feet away um, that may make a difference. Uh, you know, and that's the thing I look for is the shooter's perception on the rim.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thank you.
4: Well, Johnny, like, like we talked about, there's, uh, there's probably a lot of new, at least here in Colorado, where we're located, there's probably a lot of new um, gamblers looking to get started for this year's tournament. Um, why don't you take a, a moment to, to give the, uh, the DraftKings pitch and let them know why DraftKings, where they should turn to uh, gamble this year for the tournament.
0: The first thing I would do if I were, was a gambler, I'd go to the DraftKings site and I would play on our free pools. Uh, you can play to free pools, not only in Colorado, but in, in any jurisdiction where it's legal or not legal. Uh, so it's anybody in an entire country. And the reason I say that is because we have a survivor pool, is a million dollars to the winner. uh, And we're giving away a hundred thousand for if there's upsets during the tournament, the first round, uh, first two rounds, I guess. And they're random. We're just gonna randomly draw names and pay out a hundred thousand. And so we do this, these pools we do on a daily basis, obviously for the tournament, we've amped them up a little and have a couple uh, around the, the pools themselves. We're also running a contest, a bracket contest uh, that is uh, legal in, I think, five or six states. I think you guys are on board in that one, aren't you? Yeah. So the bracket contest is $100 to enter, a million to the winner, a million dispersed among the rest of the winners from uh, second place to 1,500. Uh, You do that before the tournament starts. And so that's some of the stuff we have going Outside of our betting platform, on our betting platform, I think it's the best app uh, in the market. I've been in the business for many, many years. Uh, I've had apps there. I've had some good ones, uh, but this is the best that I think is to use. Uh, it's easy to load. It's easy to withdraw. A lot of offerings. A lot of just a lot of content to play and uh, just navigate through. It is the easiest. Uh, of all the apps out there. So um, I'm biased, I'm a DraftKings employee, but I just do, th- I really do think we do things the best because we're always looking to improve, always looking to improve, not only technology wise, but content wise. You can go on our app and now you're finding cornhole. We're looking into pickleball. We do, you know, we do darts. We do uh, simulated racing. We do esports. So constantly adding to the menu.
4: That's great, dear. I saw a, stat, a statistic that uh, talking about in Colorado. I think ping pong was still like the third – table tennis was still the third or fourth highest bet over the NHL and a couple other things, which blew my mind. But it's great to hear that all that <laughs> all that
0: is uh, uh, offered. Yeah, I think the guys like to bet the, the table tennis point by point, which is in-game wagering. So I think that's where a lot of the money is for uh, table tennis in Colorado.
1: Wow.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, when you quickly need to bet that Alabama second-half line, DraftKings is the place to go because, uh, like you said, it's so easy to get to that, get to the game you're looking for, and, and put some nice money down in Colorado. Um, so I, I think that's all I had for questions, if if you're also done, John. Yeah, and I think uh, that
0: it. Thank you so much for your time, Johnny. That was awesome. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk again. Good luck to the tournament. Good luck to the users, and good luck to Colorado teams, whether it's NCAA Big Dance or NIT Little Dance.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny.
0: Okay. Bye, guys. Buzz. Buzz. Buzz.